The Ewan Grant Podcast, the Limestone Coast Triple M. G'day, it's Ewan. Welcome to the Ewan Grant Podcast and welcome to everyone joining me on the Listener app. Lobster Coasters, in today's podcast, I get to catch up with Troy Bell, the member for Mount Gambia. In the lead up to the country cabinet visiting the Limestone Coast, Troy is trying to get the government to take a look at the proposal to have a tech college based out at the TAFE and UniSA complex. We're going to find out all about it in a moment. I'm going to catch up with Reese Colson. He's the president of Kalangadu this weekend. Kalangadu have got some great stuff going on for the Indigenous Round and talking Indigenous matters. It is Reconciliation Week and there are some great things going on in the Blue Lake City for Reconciliation Week at the Mount Gambier Library and, of course, at the Riddock Art and Cultural Centre. Georgina Davison is the manager of the Mount Gambier Library and she is going to give us all the details of what is going on for Reconciliation Week across the Blue Lake City. Let's get things underway. There is talk of a tech college. Coming back to the Limestone Coast, member for Mount Gambier, Troy Bell, he joins me on the line to have a chat about it. Troy, good morning. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, listeners. Now, Troy, I don't know what what my listeners know about the things that I talk about, but I went to a tech college. I grew up at uh, going to Portland Tech. I uh, I am uh, reminded every time I talk about the tech college that my teachers said in a report, Ewan will never make money working with his hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've proven them right, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no, no, I don't work with my hands. I can guarantee that. Um, but, mate, we had a tech college here. Why are we getting a new one back? Uh, we don't really have a tech college. Um, the, um, the the idea behind a tech college is um, to provide pathways for students uh, in years 10, 11 and 12 um, our high schools um, do have pathways, but uh, the vocational education and training pathways. This would be a dedicated uh, facility um, for students um, going into trades. Uh, and of course, I welcome the, the $35 million uh, commitment from the state government. Uh, it's one of uh, many commitments that have been made, total around $100 million. Which is sensational. Uh, it's it's one of the biggest commitments that uh, we've seen, um, certainly in in my living memory of a state government wanting to partner with a community and and invest, um, and you know finally they've they've woken up that uh, the the economic opportunities from Mount Gambier uh, and the southeast um, are what's going to really help the state get out of the uh, the debt that it's in. And uh, if the region uh, prospers, the state prospers. That's well done, mate. I've said that many times, and uh, <laughs> I just flogged that from Thomas Playford, who uh, was one of the great premiers of uh, South Australia, so uh, I can't take full credit for it. But uh, it, the, the original idea from the state government is to co-locate this tech college at one of our high schools. Um, I'm trying to work with them and say that there's actually a better place and there's a, uh, there's a better option. And... That's to locate the tech college out where our training precinct is at the um, the TAFE and university um, campuses out there, uh, and 35 million would go a long way because one of the problems we've got with Mount Gambier High School is there's actually no room to uh, to put um, 35 million dollars worth of uh, buildings and and uh, infrastructure, um, and yet if we, we we've got a TAFE facility that's completely underutilised. And if we use that money appropriately um, and use part of what we've already got there, we would have leftover money to turn education and training into an industry and 
what I mean by that is, you know, drawing other um, people into Mount Gambia and bringing their money with them. And the only way you can do that is if you've got a boarding or accommodation facility. So part of my plan is to uh, have accommodation and boarding facilities out there. So other kids from, you know, regional South Australia, regional Victoria, or if we look at the forest industry um, and the specialist training that's going on there and the, the money that's coming in for that, um, we would have people from Western Australia, New South Wales, coming here to uh, um, further their, their forestry uh, studies. And um, that turns education into a, an industry where um, you know, there are jobs, there's money coming into um, our region, and we, we need accommodation facilities for that to occur. So I think there's a better way of going, and I'm, I'm calling on the state government to uh, at least explore it and, uh, and work with me to, uh, to see what we can, um, can achieve. One presumes the only drawback if you're looking at a uh, a technical college for, for students in year 9, 10, 11 and 12, uh, that uh, getting students to that TAFE college would be an issue, but that would just be putting them on a bus and sending them out there to, to undergo the training that they need. Well, again, it uh, leverages uh, another big issue, and that's uh, transport um, to our training precinct out there. Um, but it's no different if um, students from other schools need to travel to uh, to Mount Gambier High School um, once it's built there. So, um, you know, the, the students that does benefit, and there's no getting away from this, would be students um, already at Mount Gambier High School, mm. uh, but they're still constrained by where do you put it? Um, do you take out oval space? Do you... Uh, um, you know, knock some buildings over and rebuild. Uh, there's some complexities and, and issues there. And there's no but, denying uh, that the TAFE campus is a, a huge campus and there is lots of room to expand. Absolutely. And, and we can make this $35 million, um, you know, really extend uh, as far as possible. And don't forget, this is on top of another $5 million that the state government has committed to uh, the Mount Gambia TAFE. So we're really talking about a $40 million um, package or opportunity here. So, uh, yeah, a lot of work to be done, Ewan, but uh, it, it's something that, uh, you know, I've always said that getting the money is sometimes the easy part, making sure <laughs> that uh, it's used efficiently and to its maximum benefit. Making sure it works part. for us. Exactly. And, mm. and we don't want a cookie-cutter approach. We don't. This might work in uh, parts of Adelaide, because um, there's going to be five technical colleges built, um, but I think that uh, we could do it so much better and we could actually create jobs out of this by um, bringing students and regional students into Mount Gambia uh, for them to do their, uh, their technical college training, but of course then leading on to their um, apprenticeships and uh, university um, studies, um, and we do need a uh, accommodation facility to, to make that happen. Mm. Hey, Troy, it's going to be an interesting conversation. Of course, you're you're broaching the subject in the lead-up to the community cabinet coming down um, in the near future. We will talk, obviously, over the course of the next couple of weeks and uh, see what the government decides about your proposal. Great. Thank you, Ewan. Thanks, Have a good mate. day. Now, Limestone Coasters, yesterday was Sorry Day right the way across the nation. It is the lead-up, of course, to Reconciliation Week, and that is kicking off from today. And there's some really cool stuff going on across the Blue Lake City for Reconciliation Week. Georgina Davis joins us on the line for a chat. Georgina, good morning. 
Good morning, Ewan. How are you? Yeah, good. Now, Georgina, you guys at the library and, of course, the Redock Art and Cultural Centre have got some amazing stuff going on over the course of the next week. What's happening? We certainly have. Well, we've chosen to think, well, the theme is Be Brave, Make Change. Um, so for National Reconciliation Week 2022. And we decided that we'd focus on Council's latest dual naming um, of the sites around the city. Um, so we've got a special story time on the 31st of May at 10.30 in the morning, um, which is we're going to read Somebody's Land by Adam Goods and Ellie Lang. So, and then there'll be, that'll be follow, followed by a personalised door hanger. So every, all the kids will get to make their own door hanger. My oh, bedroom, awesome. Yeah, it'll say, my bedroom is on Bowendick Country. So that's pretty exciting. That's, that's for the under five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we've got a timeline, past to present. Children will enjoy a live reading of the local Dreamtime story, Toogie, read by Arnie Michelle, the wonderful Arnie Michelle, in the cave garden, Toogie, <laughs> um, by a guided historical and present day drawing experience at the library so that'll be interesting so that's um suited for years four to six so and um, um, that'll be at 1 p.m on the 31st of may so we're hoping that some students will be able to come down with their classes then on the 2nd of june at 10 and at 1 we're creating bowendick landmarks so uncle ken will perform a welcome to country um, and the children enjoy a story time followed by a sens- sensory recreation of local landmarks using various mediums so uh, all the materials will be supplied for it and the students will be learning like all about the culture and local history um, while making their creation. So that one's for kindergarten and grades one to three, so the younger one, mm. but in school age. Um, we've also got some great prizes that can be won and the competition is um, a, a photographic com- competition through my lens we've titled it so it's for youth 13 years and over and we're just asking them to submit photos of any of the six local landmarks um, that have been chosen for the dual naming uh, and the corresponding dual name must be visually present within the photograph so whether it's digitally like actually in the photo or creatively so however they want to use their creative skills to do that. So um, all of those um, can be sent, like all the details are on our website, but if they want to send them through either the library's email address, Instagram or Facebook. Um, yeah, and the competition is open from the 23rd of May till closes on the 3rd of June, 2nd of June, sorry. For anybody who would like to be involved in in the fantastic events that you guys have got running, not only through the Riddock Art and Cultural Centre, but through the library as well, how can parents get their kids involved in this, Georgina? So they can visit the website, which is www.mountgambia.sa.gov.au forward slash library, or give us a call, um, 8721-2540, and we'll be happy to talk them through it. Georgina, it's going to be a fantastic week of celebrations for Reconciliation Week. Thank you so much for telling us about it this morning. No worries. Thanks for having me. Georgina Davison from the Mount Gambia Library talking all about Reconciliation Week. Now, it's the Indigenous Round, not only in the AFL, but here locally in the Limestone Coast as well. And Kalangadu Footy Club have got something absolutely spectacular going on. I have got the president of the Kalangadu Footy Club, Reese Coulson, on the line. Reese, good day. Yeah, you and how are you? Yeah, good. Now, Reese, you guys have got a cracker of a weekend planned. Yeah, it's um, our sixth instalment of um, Indigenous Round locally. Uh, something we're extremely passionate about at Klangadu. So it'll be a, um, a great weekend once again. We're looking to build build on last year as well, so it'll be, be great. Reese, how did I, the idea come about that you guys were going to be uh, so involved in the Indigenous round of the footy? We have had a number of 
um, Aboriginal players over the last uh, probably 30 years. And we've had some um, really, really involved families, um, particularly over the last 10 or 15. And we thought it was a, a really good way as a club to um, show our support in this space and um, give back to, to the local Indigenous community and families that are involved locally at Kalangadu. Now, Reese, you guys have got a, a pretty cool Indigenous Guernsey as well. Tell me about how that came about. So James Brennan is a um, local um, Kalangadu player. His, son, uh, his father, Tim, is who we've named the um, best on ground medal for in the Indigenous round. And James designed the jumper, um, which means this. The magpie is the emblem and the mascot that represents Kalangadu. Is how we describe ourselves. It is our song. It is who we are. We stand strong and proud like the magpies on our Guernsey. The symbol on the chest represents Kalangadu as a community and a club. It's men, women, children and families coming together and being a part of the Kalangadu family. The dot markings wrapping around the Guernsey symbolises the journey. This is showing that every season we have ups and downs, positives and negatives, wins and losses. Football is perpetual and as each season ends, with the next is a new beginning. The curved pattern in the bottom right corner displays all of the places people come from. It signifies that people come from all over to be a part of the Klingadu community. It's absolutely sensational, Reese. Reese, who are you going up against this weekend in the footy? We are playing Tanzanola. And uh, for people who want to go out and be part of what is going to be a cracker day of footy, I mean, what time is everything kicking off? How can we be part of it? So we will be holding a um, traditional smoking ceremony at about probably five past two, just as the reserves football is finishing. And Tim Brennan will also be doing a welcome to country presented on the Oval with both clubs lining up and um, listening in and showing their respect. Reese, it is going to be a great day of footy. It's going to be a fantastic day for you guys. I hope you guys get a win. I'm only biased because I'm talking to you right now. Mate, have a great weekend, and thanks for joining us this morning to give us a bit of an idea about the Indigenous round for you guys. Thank you very much for reaching out. I appreciate it. That's it for today's podcast. I'll be back on Tuesday for everything Limestone Coast. You can catch up with me live on the radio, 6am weekday mornings on the Limestone Coast, 963 triple M.